Hello and welcome to Three Pillars Lifestyle. My name is JC, aka Lady Carnivory, and I am an animal-based fitness enthusiast. Today, welcome, I'm... welcome. Oh, thank you. And today, <laughs> um, my co-host here is Brian. Hi guys, I'm Brian Cruz. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at pt.briancruz. I've got just a little over 20 years of experience as a personal trainer. Uh, working in the fitness industry and just shy of three years animal-based nutrition that's amazing three years i can't imagine what benefits you get after three years because i feel amazing after a year and a half um yeah i uh, you know what I, I i feel as though every day is is a discovery either either a discovery or it's a it's a question mark right is it because i ate this or is it because I didn't eat this? Do I feel this way because, you know, I didn't have enough of that? Did I sleep well because I did eat enough of that? There's all I, I don't know. I, I think it's it has a lot to do with also being very intuitive of yourself, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I think animal-based makes it a lot easier because you're taking out a lot of the variables for what could be the problem. So it really is like day-to-day you just be like well what did i eat yesterday what did i do how did i sleep yeah most definitely um so it's september at the time we're recording this and um i'm seeing a lot of fitness challenges out there yes september (laughs) (laughs) we we were talking about this earlier off 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 of this podcast and i you know you've asked well, why September? And in my experience, because of, because of working in the fitness industry, primarily in gyms, uh, the majority of the gym goers or the clients that I had back then were typically, you know, middle-aged to older people who had children um, and who often, I guess, their, their yearly calendar surrounded the school year. And so here up in Canada, up in Toronto, Mississauga, Toronto, um, our summer starts at the end of June, and it starts back the first week of, of September. So I have found that as soon as, you know, past Labor Day, the day after Labor Day, all of a sudden, everyone is starting a new uh, a new fitness trend regime or something. Because believe it or not, even though it's summer, and you would you would expect everyone to want to be at their best peak physical self, they actually throw caution to the wind and that's when all the binge eating and mm. binge drinking takes place. So finally leading up to September, everyone's like, well, now I'm going to get serious. I'm going to start doing this. Mm. Very similar to uh, the new year's resolutioners. Yeah. I, I really see it as like, you know, during the summer, everyone has like barbecues and stuff, your own family. So you start drinking more. And then when you're free of kids, it's like, well, now I have this time to focus on myself. And I think that's really great. Like, I think the intention to focus on yourself and on your personal health is really great. Um, But for me, I find some of the challenge things mildly to extremely concerning. Well, yeah. And I think, I think, again, we've talked about this off, off to the side. We were talking about how, you know, I had said, you know, I'm not, I don't think I'm a fan of the term challenge because for me, if I, if I listen to, to someone say, yeah, I'm doing this challenge, I'm doing this challenge, it leads me to believe that it's challenging. So what's challenging about it? It's challenging to keep up with it. 
I might fail. It, to me, it has more of a negative connotation as opposed to I've made a decision to commit to this and I'm going to do it. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So even the name is, uh, I don't want to use the word problematic, but it's, it, you're right. It totally does set you up for like, oh, this is going to be challenging. So you could have like a 30 day challenge to drink eight ounces of water a day. And I think most people would not find that very challenging, but because you call it a challenge, perhaps then it is that mind flip of, oh, this is going to be difficult. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Instead of just saying, I'm committing to having eight ounces of water daily. Mm. It has way more of a positive uh, sound to it. And it, it again, it commits you, right? And, you know, like, I mean, there's all that's, that, that self-help where they say, you know, the words that you use have a huge impact internally, subconsciously. Mm-hmm. So, you know, something very similar like that, you know, stop calling it a challenge and say it's a commitment. So that immediately makes me think of 75 hard, <laughs> like it's in the name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See? Uh, so uh, if anyone doesn't know, 75 hard, it's five daily things you're supposed to do daily, I believe. It's like drink a certain amount of water, read a certain amount of pages from a book, two workouts, one of which has to be outside. And then you have to follow like your diet plan, whatever that means for you. Um, I tried it. Uh a few years ago and it was difficult like it was hard it's in the name but um for me it was the time commitment like an hour and a half of working out every day that was it was the time commitment and the lack of recovery like if you're working out an hour and a half a day your body has no time to recover i mean i guess it would depend on how hard you're working out but the word hard is in the name so i would assume you'd be going hard yeah um so i i've seen people approach it differently um one of your workouts is supposed to be outside so i think it's natural to do like walking or running or something and then the other one is typically more of like either yoga or weightlifting right out the gate i try to do 45 minutes of weightlifting and 45 minutes of walking or jogging per day and my body just couldn't recover from that so i switched from doing weightlifting to um <laughs> we're, we're going to use the term yoga mildly. It was more like a stretching routine for movement. 45 movement, gentle stretching movement Perfect. for 45 minutes every day. And that was a lot, that was a lot better on my body, but man, it was hard. Well, what were you doing leading up to that? Absolutely nothing. Okay. So that's where the problem lies, right? So you get all of these people, you know, <laughs> having, having done absolutely nothing all summer. And then September rolls on. I'm going to do this. I'm going to challenge myself with this. And it's like, what makes you think that you're going to be successful from mm. going zero to a hundred, right? Like one of the adages in, in the fitness industry is like, make sure that what you're, you're attempting to do or you're, you're, you're planning to do is sustainable. Okay. But, but why would one think that it's something like that challenge like that is sustainable for 30 days when you've gone from zero activity to suddenly I'm going to dedicate five days or seven days of whatever fitness. Yeah. That's the other problem I see with challenges certainly is it's like, it seems like, um, have you heard of the last meal for binge eaters? Um, typically like if they know they're about to start a diet program or something, they'll have a last meal where they just binge on all the things they're going to miss when they're on their diet it kind of reminds me of that because it's like instead of just making sustainable small lifestyle changes it's all or nothing like either you're eating all the crap that 
you know harms you but emotionally settles something for you or you're eating perfectly and there's no like it's so black and white there's no in between well i think i think again i think i've I've mentioned this in, in other conversations where i think it's a societal issue i think it's a for a lack of a better term a North American issue where we're, we're so excessive in everything that we do, mm. right? We're excessive in our carbs. We're excessive in in the activities that we do. We're excessive in in what we eat. So, case in point, here, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna clean up my diet, but before I do, I'm gonna eat everything that I shouldn't be eating. Okay, and, and so they do that, and so what happens once you're in that diet it's just like okay but now it's a diet it's a, it, again it goes back to that to, to the words you use mm-hmm. the word diet has has been perverted to believing that it's such a negative thing but diet really means the type of the way that you eat throughout the day it's not necessarily i'm dieting down it's that this is my diet this is my staple of of nutrient choices nutrition choices so um <laughs> binge eating I've never been a fan of that. I will I will admit that when I was heavy into my bodybuilding, um, I would have cheat days, right? Mm-hmm. I would have these cheat days. And I had a, a friend of mine that she was a competitive bodybuilder and we would, we would agree that we would have cheat days together. And I remember the very last time I ever did a ridiculous cheat day, um, the day before I went around I live in this little town, it's Mississauga, but it, it's poor credit where I live. It's like a little village. And so there's all these little shops and whatnot. I went and bought chocolate from this chocolatier. I went and bought these fresh made cookies, chocolate chip cookies. I went to go get donuts, like everything that obviously you shouldn't be eating if you're bodybuilding, if you're trying to lean out and whatnot. And so I started at maybe what, six, seven o'clock in the morning. By 10 o'clock, I couldn't eat anymore. Mm-hmm. literally at 10, 10 o'clock in the morning i was done for the day my friend she calls me up she's like okay are you ready i'm like dude i don't think i can and she's like what i'm like yeah i think i just overdid it it was so ridiculous and i will say that the next day i weighed myself i literally gained 10 pounds wow literally 10 pounds now obviously not 10 pounds of fat 10 mm-hmm. pounds of water retention but i felt it right and so again excessiveness right mm-hmm. so People will come to learn this about me. You know, I do have an, uh, an excessive way of, of observing things. Um, I've learned my lesson not to be excessive. And so usually my, 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 I guess my trigger finger would be, oh, you know, go, go balls to the wall. And then I'll be like, well, hold on a second. Let's take a step back. You know, I'm 40 something years old. Let's, let's see what, what I really want to do. Right. So even when for my birthday, you know, I've decided I'm going to have this, I'm going to have that because it's my birthday. And then day of, I'm just like, nah, no, I'm not. Because, you know, you have to step back and take a look at what you really, what you really think you want to do. Yeah. And that's an interesting point, too, is, you know, people who are all or nothing, like if you, if you are one of those people who are all or nothing, and I tend to be one of them, um, if you go off track of your whatever way of eating you've decided for yourself, it's like, well, I'm off of that way of eating now, so I'm just going to do whatever. And so that was my big problem with keto when I tried to do keto was I just constantly, anytime I was over my carb macro allotment, I was like, well, I'm not going to be in ketosis anyways. I might as well eat 
donuts or whatever. Um, and so for me, it's really flipped from that all or nothing mindset to more of a lifestyle approach. And I think that you're totally right saying the word diet versus lifestyle really matters in that sense. But um, back to the challenges, um, what, what have you seen recently that's concerning to you? It's not even just recently. It's like, I mean, I've always been opposed to challenges and it's and it started off uh, a couple of years back when I started to see, you know, squat challenges, mm. especially especially amongst women, right? It, it, there was this, this, this huge prevalence of, I got to work on my booty, I got to work on my booty. And, and like, I mean, this plagued women of all ages, of all sizes, didn't matter if you were overweight, if you were skinny, every woman wanted to, to work on their booty. And, and for whatever reason, suddenly these challenges were up and it was just like, you know, a hundred challenges, I'm sorry, a hundred squats a day, 200 squats a day, 300 squats a day, or, or there was a pyramid where you would do like 10, 20, 30, 40 every day for 30 days, you know, amounting to, I don't know what the math would be, but it was just ridiculous. And so as a trainer, I would look at this and I'd be like, okay, I understand creating a goal. I understand wanting to challenge yourself, but as a trainer, I have to look at programming, right? Like my job is to help people reach a fitness goal or even just an aesthetic goal, but I have to design these, these programs. So number one, they make sense. Number two, the client, it maintains relatively good health or is in better health uh, as they go through this programming. Redundancy is something that, that usually is uh, overlooked and I found that simply because, again, people are so focused on body part training that they will do the exact, basically the exact same movement with different pieces of equipment and expect, you know, such grandiose results. So with these squat challenges, you know, these people are thinking they're going to do, you know, they're going to do justice and build their little booties, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, but you know, what do you do all day? Oh, you sit all day. So your hip flexors and your hamstrings are shortened. Okay. And then you're going to go on and you're going to start incrementally increasing your squats by 10 every day, which then just tightens your hamstrings and your hip flexors even more. And so if you know anything about anatomy, when those muscles get tight, they start to mess around with how your, your skeletal structure sits when you're standing, when you're moving. So all of a sudden people are going to start to feel their lower backs, you know, hurting because your hip just got tilted forward or backward because there was an excessive movement and tightness. It's repetitive strain of these muscles from all these squats. By the same token, you know, kids in, you know, anywhere ranging from high school to college, you know, you see these boys, they're like, well, let's do some push-up challenges, right? Because mm -hmm. it's easy push-ups like i mean push-ups are are used to be a, a marker for strength as well especially in gym class right i think even the military had a specific goal that you had to maintain or at least achieve so it's all well and good i get it again it's a challenge i get it. it's a it's a measurement of strength that it's a marker but if you look at the average joe right they're sitting at their desk today now everyone's on on some sort of device whether it's a computer laptop um their phone their tablet they're driving right their shoulders roll forward no one has good posture anymore unless they're actually actively trying to fix it 
And so they start to exacerbate the shoulders rolling forward. Now you want to go do push-ups. You want to go do 100 push-ups, 200 push-ups. Well, those exact same muscles that are shortening because of your poor posture, now you're tightening them even more through push-ups, which then can cause neck pain, shoulder injuries, all that stuff. So again, these challenges, while again, I understand the premise behind it, there isn't much thought put out into, you know, well, well, at the end of this all, what what are we going to be left with? Mm-hmm. You know, so you accomplished your, your push-ups, but now you've got to go see a physiotherapist or a massage therapist because something's broken. Yay, you. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think um, for a lot of people, it's the mental aspect of like, it's a pat on the back, right? Like I completed this challenge. I think as kids, we're taught like in group sports, et cetera, like when you complete it, then you're given an award or something. And so I think it's some of it is people looking for that, like beginning and end, like, yes, check mark, I completed this thing. So I don't know, I guess my, my question would be like, if you were to design a commitment, what would it look like? Oh, most definitely, I would do the complete opposite of what those those commitment or challenges were. So you want to do a lower body 30 day commitment challenge, let's say, um, I would say, well, learn how to do kettlebell swings. It's a posterior chain exercise, it still works your booty, but it'll strengthen and it'll lengthen your trouble spots, your hamstrings, it'll strengthen your upper back. So it improves your posture, right? So that's a good challenge. You want to do an upper body based, you know, um, challenge or commitment again, well, that let's do some pulling movements. One of the, the most challenging uh, exercises to do is being able to do a pull up. So while I can't expect everyone to do the, the, you know, let's call it a gymnastic style pull up where you're just free hanging, a pull-up is a pull-up is a pull-up. So you can do it on the floor. You can do them sitting. You can do them using your legs. Just modify the height and modify where your hands are. And you can still perform a pulling movement, which in most cases will address a lot of postural issues, but will also strengthen a lot of muscles that are often neglected, even through regular training. Mm. Rhomboids, your lats um, will start to learn how to contract properly. Um, as a trainer, I've come across people who can't even retract their shoulders because they don't know how to, right? So that could also be an issue. So with these pulling movements or this upper body challenge, it could be something even as basic as can you do, you know, uh, scapular retractions, right? It's still a movement. It's a challenge. And, and if you have poor scapular retraction, it's, it's going to be arguous for you. Yeah. And one thing I find so amazing, and I tell people this all the time about working with you is like, you'll prescribe something and I'll look at it and be like, oh, this is going to be really easy. Like, what is he thinking? How am I going to load weight onto this? I think I specifically told you this about um, inverted rows. Yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, how are we going to weight this? Because it's just my body weight lifting myself up and they're really freaking hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, when people wanted to do pull-ups, you know, I've, I've had many people, I've, you know, colleagues say, yeah, they, so-and-so, their goal is to do one pull-up, five pull-ups, 10 pull-ups. I used to be able to do 15 pull-ups when I was younger. That's great. Um, you got to start s- slow. You got to start small, but you have to understand now how to perform it. And so 
with inverted rows, one of the reasons why I gave you inverted rows was because I wanted you to, to do a horizontal rowing movement, but I also wanted you to be able to eventually build up to a pull-up because yes, that is a sense of accomplishment. And I totally get that, right? Even for myself, you know, I don't have any real specific goals, but for me, my daily routine of whether it's weightlifting or doing yoga, at the end of it all, I feel a sense of accomplishment, mm. right? So like, I mean, I get that. And I think when I'm designing programs, I, I have little things like that in mind to kind of show people, look at this win, look at that win. You know, I don't necessarily care too much about, you know, recompositioning your body. It's more about, you know, what's, what is the sense of accomplishment that you're left with once you're done that? I've got a client, most recently a client, and I love her to death. I've trained her for a couple of years, but she's constantly down on herself, right? And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that she used to be a synchronized swimmer. As she's aged, she no longer can physically do that, but she's a coach, right? Mm -hmm. And um, she has a very uh, great interest in learning how to train and coach the elderly or people as they age, which is fine. But I think it's because that is so much in her the forefront of her mind, I think she kind of puts that or applies that against herself. So when every time we're training, she's like, I know I could do better. I know you could. And I'm like, no, you're doing great. You know, and I'm watching this. And um, a couple weeks back, we sign on where I'm training her via Zoom. And she says, the other day, I was able to press 15 pounds. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, well, I haven't been able to do that. And I go, I know, but we haven't been doing that. And I was like, I know. The reason why we hadn't been doing that sneakily, I've been working on her shoulder strength and her arm strength by doing windmills mm. with, with 15 pounds. So again, it's not always about tackling the, the task at hand. Sometimes you've got to work, do find a workaround, right? So again, programming plays a big role. So um, a challenge is a challenge is a challenge, but what are you going to feel at the end of it? You want to feel a sense of accomplishment, but you also don't want to feel broken. Yeah, that's a good point. I see some people doing these challenges and they're not even like specifically physical challenges. They'll have like certain amounts of um, kind of more like 75 hardware. There's like biohacking, et cetera, involved. And for me, those are very interesting because it's almost like you're taking the responsibility off of yourself. Like if the challenge doesn't work, it's on the biohacking. It's not on your performance. Yeah. I, yeah, you know what, in my old age, I've, I've embraced accountability, right? And um, I remember at a young age, it was, it, it was so easy. It was almost like a knee jerk reaction. You got in trouble or, or something didn't work. The, the knee jerk re response was, it's not my fault. It wasn't my fault, right? Mm. But, but it was because, you know, who was it? Who was there? Well, it was me. Okay, well, so it, so it was your fault, right? So you, there, there's a sense of accountability. I think people fail to understand needs to be uh, implemented. Mm. And by putting yourself in a box and saying, well, for this, for these next 30 days or 28 days, I'm going to be doing X, right? Okay, fine. But you do realize that there are other variables that, that need to be implemented in order for X to really be successful. 
So I think we were talking the other day about body composition and, you know, people looking at, you know, I'm going to put on muscle and I'm going to lose fat and I'm going to do this, this, this. Okay, great. But you've got to have the right amount of muscle mass to begin with because you can't perform physical activity if you're super weak. Number two, you have to eat a certain way. And that includes the macronutrients, whether you're eating carbs, fats, or proteins, it's got to be right. If you've got the right amount of protein, you're going to build muscle. If you got the right amount of energy source, you'll be able to perform. And then I think people seem to forget recovery is another variable that is a must. Because if you're not, and, and, it, and it goes in scales, if you're not timing your rest period between exercises or your sets, you're not going to perform as well. By the mm. same token, if you're training two to three days back to back, you're not going to perform, the, the, the subsequent days are not going to be met with, you know, with, with good performance, right? If you're not sleeping enough, the next day, same deal, right? So I think one of the biggest problems with, with all the, these people wanting to achieve or, or even biohacking is that, yeah, they put themselves in a box, I'm doing this, great. And then in the end, oh, it didn't work. Well, well, what weren't you doing as well? That's what right. people need to start questioning. I like the fact that the responsibility is on me. Like, I like taking accountability because it puts me in control. I like that I have that power over my own success or failure. But I think some people see it more as like victimization. Like, oh, it didn't work for me. Um, so it must be my childhood trauma or my whatever whatever and i think to a certain extent we i mean we've talked about this we all have trauma and sure. we all have different kinds of trauma different levels of trauma but ultimately even if something isn't your fault it is still like your life is your own and you are your responsibility and so i like taking power from that rather than feeling attacked by it but yeah. i think people are just in different mindsets well like, again it go, it go it does go back to accountability right like i mean whether it's on the internet or in person, if someone shoots a, an undesirable re remark to you, you know, you are accountable for how you respond to that, how you mm. react to that. If you're an emotional person and you, 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 you dart right back with, you know, some, some scathing remarks, well, you're accountable for what you said. You're accountable for the domino effect that those words have, right? But you could also have the accountability of taking that step back and being okay, you know, say what you want. And then you can think about how you want to respond, even if you want to respond, right? Yeah, when we were talking the other day, yeah, we, we all ha have childhood traumas. But again, you want to play the victim and say, well, you know, I'm this way, because my dad said this, my mom did this, you know, my high school bully did that. Okay, great. But where are they? You know, are you an adult? Are you, are you in charge of your own life? Right? Well, you are. So, you know, it's one thing to be able to identify. It's another to to be able to then say, okay, well, this is what I need to do to to better it or to overcome it. Mm -hmm. And then you've got to commit to it, right? And I find that you know, and I and I'll and I'll say this: when I was a kid, I was I was a pretty plump kid, okay, and I used to blame my my upbringing or my household, right? Mm -hmm. They fed me this way. They fed me that way. And to a certain degree, 
okay, fine, as a child. But as you get older, you start to take on your own control. And that happened to me. Once I decided that I wanted to get into fitness, I wanted to eat better, I wanted to exercise, I literally went out and started buying my own groceries. I literally started to learn how to how to feed myself. Bought myself my George Foreman grill. There, chicken breast, done. You know, I bought myself a, an instant rice cooker because I was, you know, that's, that's that was part of my my nutrition plan back then. You know, and I remember my mom kind of like, "Oh, you're cooking for yourself." I'm like, "Well, yeah, it, it's just a part of taking taking control of your life." It's it's like we were saying, it's it's adulting, mm. right? <laughs> So are you, a, are you a child or are you an adult? If you're an adult, then take responsibility and, you know, outline what it is that you want to achieve and accomplish. Make the plans and do it. Do the things that you need to do. Mm. I guess I have one more question for you about challenges is I think some people see it as like a really good reset. Like this is the thing that inspires them to continue their journeys. Mm -hmm. um, so do you think there's value in challenges or commitments in that sense? I think, I think the only value that I can see is if you feel that it's something that you can't accomplish on your own, mm. then perhaps you want to enlist, you know, a friend or, or a couple of friends to kind of, um, I don't want to say keep you accountable, but to be reminders, right? Like, um, I've never played sports, right? But funny thing is, when my when my youngest two boys they they turned the age to play soccer i started coaching their soccer team and it was funny because in theory i understood team building and and team sports but it wasn't until i was actually coaching them to really kind of say okay you're going to play this position you're going to pass to this person and this and that and so if the team won it wasn't one by one person, it was one mm. as a whole. And so if you've got a challenge or, or, or a commitment that you want to accomplish, and you don't feel that it's something that you can do on your own, first of all, you got to admit that you can't do it on your own, right? And then admit that that you want some help um, to help you kind of company, let's call it to walk you through it, right? You know, some people go for walks at night on their own. Some people say, hey, want to come for a walk with me, keep me company. Right? There's nothing wrong with that. But again, you've got to be able to, to step back and say, I can't do this on my own. Do you want to do this with me? And then, you know, both of you guys commit to each other to support each other and to be able to do that. Yeah, that, it definitely. That's what makes sense to me. Yeah, right? like building the community around it. And I, I mean, in the challenges, I see people like tag each other when they complete whatever for the day and I, I think that's a really cool aspect of doing challenges is the community you create around it um but yeah I, I think this was a productive conversation I think that you know with September here and all these challenges coming up it might be good to offer an alternative and I um I wanted to say about the kettlebell swings it took me a while to get them down um but now that i can do them like they are so much fun they can be right like i mean and, and like i said it to you i'd like to be able to teach you all the all the different variable swings to kettlebells because the kettlebell swing is is very popular it's very effective but if you read any literature on kettlebell training they say that the, the king of all swings is the kettlebell snatch mm. and so so jc you're going to be taught how to do the kettlebell snatch. <laughs> Great. Awesome. I think <laughs> the part that intimidates me the most is when you swing it up onto your wrist. 
that's a timing thing. We'll we'll go over that one one day, but it's a timing thing. And you know what? There are ways around it. Uh, when I first started learning how to do the kettlebells, those are called cleans. Um, I actually bought a guard, and so you can buy these guards where they go on like the old, like the eighties wrist bands, except there's a plastic sheath inside it, and so when the kettlebell comes and lands on your forearm, um, it doesn't hurt or doesn't hurt as much. Having said that. If it's smashing you and it's hurting you, you're doing it wrong. Okay. So it's a good reminder of, oh, I did that wrong. But what so I'm you, hearing is I can get the Wonder Woman wrist cuffs. You know what? When's your birthday? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you so much, Brian. I want to be respectful of your time, but where can people find you? Uh, as I said, uh, find me on Instagram at uh, pt.briancruz. You don't have to oh. follow me. You can creep me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me at Lady Kernabree. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you all in the next one. Thanks.